Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 296, January 7th, 2020. 52 degrees on this day in 2003 and 34 below in 1887. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Yeah, Happy New Year, Happy New Year. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I have a very brief story out of Milwaukee that oh. occurs to me. You know what I'm going to talk about, John? I do, immediately, But I've attached so much significance to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here is the difference between America in 2020 and America in pick any arbitrary year, say, 50 years ago. I'll I'll even go back to 1960, let's say. All right. Uh, And what my observation might surprise you. Two children, ages 12 and 13, were shot after throwing snowballs at passing cars in Milwaukee. The pair were throwing snowballs at passing cars with a group of kids on Saturday evening, Milwaukee police said in a series of tweets. One of the snowballs struck a white Toyota, and the driver of the car shot at the children, police said. Police found the 12-year-old girl and the 13-year-old boy minutes apart. Both of their injuries were non-life-threatening. The children are being treated at a local hospital. Minneapolis, Minneapolis police asked tipsters uh, with information about the suspect or the incident to contact the department. That's it. Mm-hmm. The civic, the, the, the civil, the civic, what is that? What do I call the contract? Social contract. Social contract. The social contract has been broken here on both sides. Uh, one, back in the day when people were sane, a guy who, whose car got hit with a snowball he had a role to play. Yes. He had the role to play. I'm going to get you kids. Hey. He had a role to play. And the kids who threw the snowballs had a role to play. They weren't bent on destruction. They, they were bent on the chase. The chase. The chase. The Hoping to get the guy to chase him. That was the drama. Yes. And and basically, back in the day, uh, and we don't know. Here, I got a laptop, but I'm, I'm having I'm, a lot of <laughs> me too. <laughs> one of you, one of you guys has not the volume me. up on your uh, on your laptop. Not, not me. I don't have any digestive problems. <laughs> right. She does. Okay. Go ahead. Give me a year. No. Go to the Milwaukee Journal. Okay. And see if there's a more complete story about this. My suspicion is, the kids might have had some, might have had some venom at heart. They might have been really hurling these things hard. See, but in the old days, the kids' role was. To, to believe that they were throwing them from a fort or from some hiding place. Right. Right. Yeah. right? right. And, and then the, and the driver, he had to act outraged. Oh, you kids. I mean, I, I remember getting chased once for blocks. Yes. And you had the adrenaline rush, and it was, <laughs> it was fun. Now, you know, I couldn't be, I can be, I, I'm, I'm glamorizing this. For all I know, if I had been caught after a chase of blocks, the guy might have <laughs> killed me. <laughs> but, but my point is, it's come to this now. You throw a snowball at a car and you get shot. You pull a gun. You pull a gun. On two kids. Both parties here have abandoned their roles in American society. Because I'm prepared to believe the kids 
were very uh, bold about this, that they were standing right there out in the street. Mm -hmm. And that's not the way it works, kids. You have to be more... uh, uh, surreptitious you have to be you have to hide a little bit you have to currently i have the same thing that you have it's that's not it. yeah, boy it's, it's a, a it's a, it's a what scene. do you look what are you looking for well i wanted more information were the kids uh it was you know, tending to cause destruction or were they throwing of course not they were, were being kids i know but were there were there rocks inside the snowballs oh, did the guy's toyota window break we get reporting has been so weak but if if the story is as we are, are being told it here uh, you don't shoot kids because they threw a snowball at your car. Yeah. It just, that's not the way it works, but that's the way it works now. One neighbor heard as many as five shots being fired. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like there's been shootings in this neighborhood before. Mm-hmm. And it was a group of kids, yep. not just two. And yep. it was 7.50 p.m. Yep. on Saturday evening. Yeah, not late. You know, even a 12 and 13-year-old can be out at 10 minutes to 8. But... You're going to get shot now, apparently. You shoot a snowball. Mm. And there's your difference. There's your there's your America of 2020 versus your America of 1960. That's kind of depressing. It's really depressing. It is, actually. isn't it, Jack? It really is. Well, welcome back, Joe. Thank hey, you. how is everybody? Well, it was okay. While I was gone, the president took out uh, that salami guy. Salami. Well, the hell with trying to General pronounce his salami. name. No one's going to miss him. Uh, the media misses him. We we don't know when the other shoe will drop, and I uh, when you when you consider that the the latest is uh, during the funeral procession for Salami, uh, forty people or more were killed, and two hundred and thirteen injured in a stampede to see the guy's coffin. I submit to you, if you live in that kind of country, where. 40 or more people die in a stampede to, to see Salami's remains and 213 are injured, you are dealing with a completely unpredictable country. Now, whether they'll live up to their threats to retaliate, I have no idea. Trump doesn't seem too concerned. I would draw the line, Donald, at bombing their cultural... <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. I, I, don't, I think you'd be violating some uh, war... Uh, uh, documents. If you start bombing mosques, for example, uh, that that can't happen. No. Now he just needs to kind of lay low for a while to see how this does. He's not out. capable of laying I know. low. So it's unfortunate. We were talking off the air. You guys help me. The guy often does the right thing, but places us between a rock and a hard place. This guy should have been killed ten years ago. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is a notoriously evil bad guy right thank god he's gone that's it's great so he so trump he did the right thing but but there's never with him there's never an answer to the well now what and you hope he has <laughs> he has a now what that's that's my problem it's like please i hope you well, let me would you, do you need to know. Happen? You need to know. But that's what I was going to do. Do you with. think the American public needs to know you, all of our private qu- little think sneaky he little knows. war plans? I think the bigger thought well, is. I'm just, assuming you know. he's the president but, of the United States of America, and yeah, really? him and the Defense Department and everybody else has a plan. You, you mean the plan, like when they sent out the letter yesterday by accident? 
Look at look at Kenny reeling in another loud mouth. But you know carp. what? Kenny's right, John. Everybody wants to know what the plan is. Okay, that's right. Everybody wants to know what the plan is. Sure. We're not supposed to know what the plan is. That's, no, I, that's I agree. To be top secret. I agree. Okay. Hey, Osama so, bin Laden, we're coming tonight. Right. I, Tonight's see, the night. John Hyde, John Hyde needs to know, so we're announcing it to the world. Hey, you the, better hide, Osama. Here's your question, though. <laughs> of us five, and nobody needs to raise their hands, how many think Donald Trump has a plan at this point? I do. Honestly, okay. I want to remain I, I, I want to remain hopeful that there's Well, that of course, I do too. Sure. I, not not really only will I say I do, I will say obviously he does. Yeah. Do you believe <laughs> pretty naive? Do you, you believe that we are yeah. at a point with this uh, race, the Democrats and the Republicans, that if they he would have said this is what I'm doing, that it would have been leaked? Or oh, oh, heavens, of yes. yes. God, yes. Let's put it this guy. Uh, wait, wait. He's not much for appeasement. No. He no. was presented four options, is what yeah. I read, yeah, and he too. took the most severe option. Yeah. Uh, any other option in his mind, I believe, would be appeasement. And we've seen what appeasement got us. It didn't get us anywhere. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's an amazing situation. The other thing we've learned during the Trump presidency that I don't think really occurred to many people, how powerful the American president is. Right. Yeah. He, what power the American president mm-hmm. is. And, and I think that's problematic for a lot of people to realize, well, the, the power is now held by a guy who's left us uh, gobsmacked in many cases. But Shocked. The, but the hatred for him runs so deep with so many people in this country, there's nothing he can do. You know who's leading the charge uh, to defend Salami? Ilhan Omar. Yeah. Oh, my God, <laughs> yeah. how could we have killed this and the Washington Post, you know, revered Iranian general. Mm-hmm. Is that really what they said? Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Who's the guy we Fear. took out recently so, and they yeah. called him a global scholar? Or... No, religious. Religious yeah, yeah, scholar. Yeah. Uh, can't think of his name. Yeah. Well, the left, the left does not recognize evil in the way that GLers no. recognize evil. I'm looking for the, uh, here it is. It's from uh, Offsite Correspondent Jordy. Uh, yeah, revered a general. And this is the same paper that described Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, go, the former yeah. leader of ISIS taken out by the U.S. as an austere religious scholar. Oh, my God. What the hell's their problem? <laughs> the left doesn't like America. The mystery doesn't like America. Not much has been written, but there was a second big terrorist also killed was Abdul Mahadi al-Mandis, a top Iraqi parliamentary leader whose long, bloody career includes attacks on American and other Western embassies, as well as being a founder of Qara'ib Hezbollah, a group responsible for the deaths of hundreds of American soldiers in Iraq. Salami coordinated the attack on the consulate at Benghazi to disrupt Obama-Hillary weapons smuggling to ISIS. Cannot imagine why this didn't make the mainstream. Maybe Pelosi can investigate it now. Those are the words of Jordy. Those are the words of Jordy. So are you ready for a terrorist strike on on our land? No, nothing. Anytime, anyplace? Nothing would surprise me. No. Maybe even right now? Anything would, are you ready? Nothing would surprise me. Are you uh, curtailing, curtailing your activities, the places you go? Or no, you, no, I'm not. certain places that you used to go that you won't go no. now? Sporting no. events? Nope. Shopping malls? Nope. I, I'm not <laughs> afraid of anything that would happen within the, the, the walls of this country, but if I was 
in another part of the world, I'd be a little bit fearful. You scoffed, John, but... Um, no, I scoffed because you said to oh, Joe. malls. Shopping yeah. malls. You're yeah. right. That is scoff. I ain't yes. going to shopping mall. But uh, <laughs> there is one big mall in town that uh, right. reeks yep. of Americana. It's, well, you know, and plus you got a football game. you got big football games going, and it's, yeah. I think security is going to be unbelievably yeah. tight as well. usual. But this is just added incentive for some people to do really stupid things. Right. Do you know that the uh, tickets to the San Francisco Vikings game are the highest priced in the uh, in the in the country? I heard up to four thousand dollars. Reavers, you on that? You going? Hell no! Wow, I'll be on my couch <laughs> drinking <laughs> Mountain Beer. I never watch uh, shows like the Golden Globes. Okay, but I knew that Ricky Gervais was going to be the host. <laughs> So I watched a I watched a great deal of it, including his opening monologue. Yeah. I and I couldn't believe how brutally honest he was. <laughs> it was lovely, and it was the most. It was just heartwarming. And uh, I've got a number of uh, emailers. Uh, Santa Bell Jim weighs in on that. Bill Stein weighs in on that. Uh, it's just been fantastic. Such. Did you ever watch uh, the British British version of The Office? He was a... Well, wasn't that Ricky Gervais? He, yeah. he was. Well, that's the only version I've ever watched. I've not watched the American version. He's one of these guys that make me really, really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Just, yep. He's just so good at the craft. Well, did you hear his opening monologue? Yes. Yes, I did. Well, what, who he made uncomfortable, though, he... He was afflicting the comfortable. <laughs> right. He was. He wasn't comforting the afflicted. <laughs> no. And it made me uncomfortable, even though I was cheering him on. Didn't I was make cr- me uncomfortable. I was cringing. I loved every minute of it. Do you have it ready, uh, Reeves? It's not It's not playing for some reason. Oh. And uh, I thought I thought maybe for a brief second that, well, oh, maybe they'll take his advice to heart and they'll no, they kept- shut their big, dumb, fat mouths and just accept their dumb awards. And But no, no, there no. There was no. some woman who came up and said, I'm paraphrasing, but what she said was tantamount to saying, well, if I didn't have my first abortion, I wouldn't get a Golden Globe. Really? So a Golden Globe was more important to her than a child. Wow. <laughs> Who are these idiots? Well, they, And he got a great line off about Leonardo DiCaprio, who said, uh, you, he said, Leonardo, uh, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood was so long that by the end of it, your date was too old for you. <laughs> but he laughed about that. Yeah. He, he thought that was funny. Uh, you, you often say that uh, politicians and everybody in Washington and state capitals around the country live on their own plane. Yeah, yeah. So do these people. Uh, w- w- far removed from everybody else, their own little fantasy world. Right. So far away from reality. It really is. Uh, and he's in that crowd, but he obviously has a mind of his own. He doesn't he, mind. Yeah. Yeah. Breaking a few heads because he's not. He said he won't be doing this again. He no, went, no, he well, won't. Well, get that was by design. Back. I think if he had done this, yes, he wouldn't be doing it again. It's how to get yourself fired by right. Ricky Gervais? Right. <laughs> well, we were playing it before the show, but you know, some guy with red shoes, yellow pants, and a checkered sport coat came in here and sold us some new equipment again, and now we can't figure anything out. We had to call IT help. It's working well in the other uh, stations around the building, though. <laughs> There's an important. Uh, I'm giving up. Here, no, why don't, let's go to this. I'm absolutely giving up. Yeah, with I'm, this sure, new I'm sure. I'm sure most know, people have heard. I this. actually have an email or a text I can send you. Can you put a? Can you email look at this glass me? of beer on the podium? I, I got a that. kick out of that yeah. too. Yeah. Hold on, is it a text? Go Go ahead, ahead, this might work here. Go ahead, Rick. 
and welcome to the 77th annual Golden Globe Awards, live from the Beverly Hilton Hotel here in Los Angeles. I'm Ricky Gervais, thank you. You'll be pleased to know this is the last time I'm hosting these awards, so I don't care anymore. Um, I'm joking, I never did. Let's go out with a bang, let's have a laugh at Watch your it, expense, shall we? Remember, they're just jokes. We're all going to die soon, and there's no sequel. <laughs> I came here in a limo tonight, and the license plate oh, was made by Felicity Huffman. So, no. <laughs> Shush. It's her, it's her daughter I feel sorry for, okay? That must be the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to her. And her dad was in Wild Hogs. <laughs> no one cares about movies anymore. No one goes to the cinema. No one really watches network TV. Everyone's watching Netflix. This show should just be me coming out going, well done, Netflix, you win. Everything. Good night. You could binge watch the entire first season of Afterlife instead of watching this show. Spoiler alert, um, season two is on the way, so in the end, he obviously didn't kill himself. Just like Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Shut up. I know he's your friend, but I don't care. <laughs> it was a big year for paedophile movies. Um, surviving R. Kelly, Leaving Neverland, Two Popes. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. I don't care. I don't care. Oh. The Irishman was amazing. Long, but amazing. Um, it wasn't the only epic movie. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, nearly three hours long, Leonardo DiCaprio attended the premiere, and by the end, his date was too old for him. So... <laughs> Many talented people of colour were snubbed in major categories. Um, Unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about that. The Hollywood foreign press are all very, very racist. So, we were gonna do an in memoriam this year, but when I saw the list of people that had died, it wasn't diverse enough. It just, no. <laughs> Apple roared into the, the TV game with a morning show. A superb drama, yeah. A superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. Oh, so, oh. well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent. If you do win an award tonight... Here it is. Don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, right... Come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your god, and... Fantastic. And bleep off. Oh, look at that. Just, just slams. Just fantastic. Boy, there's some uncomfortable faces That's out there. That's too bad. Huh? They were squirming. a lot bad. about those in Hollywood by their reaction to what he says. Well, DiCaprio, DiCaprio showed laughing. me something. He yeah. laughed. Yeah. Although he is the one that likes to preach to us about oh, he's the, the worst. climate. He's the worst hypocrite of them all. <laughs> Forrest Gump looked very uh, yeah, very Yeah, uh, Tom Hanks looked discombobulated. But he gave it the, whoa. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> oh, and I, who's the Apple guy, Cook? Yeah, Tim yeah. Cook. No, oh, Tim Apple, remember? Tim Apple, Trump according to the president. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> Tim Cook looked like he had just swallowed a frog. Yeah. <laughs> Apple, run by running sweatshops. <laughs> oh, my God. It's t that, oh. was, that was just so refreshing. Mm -hmm. It was so novel. But did you hear people started to clap? People, I mean, Yeah, when he that, said, don't, uh, don't make it politically. Right, right, right. There, yeah, let's do well, it. Well, the other thing I noted was that uh, he took, of course, tremendous criticism from the left. Sure. Who, 
who, and he must have interpreted that as uh, they thought him too conservative for them or something. And he said, how, how in the heck does uh, uh, needling the richest, most privileged people in the world constitute being right wing? It didn't. Right. He was telling the truth. Yeah. Well, he upset the club. He did upset the club. Mm-hmm. He really upset the club. I, I think maybe there's maybe for 2020 there's great rays of hope that the club is uh, going to become a little more splintered. You know what will be interesting? To watch who offers him the next gig. Oh, I was going to say the next um, award show. Well, for him, the Golden Globes is about the only thing that would be able, you'd be able to get away with because it's nothing but a booze fest. And he actually produces most of his own stuff. True. So. Yeah, that's true. He's got a series right now on Netflix. Netflix. Well, Everybody's going well Netflix. Suj, I'm interested in your other opinions about the uh, night's festivities, the the gowns, the... Uh, the gowns. Did you watch the red carpet, too? The, I did not. Uh, the no. wardrobes, the uh, <laughs> no. tuxedos. Did Ryan you see Selma Hayek by any chance? I did not. Sure you did. should probably look Selma Hayek up uh, at the Globe Awards. Uh, it's Was wor- that on the same channel as the Seattle-Philadelphia game? It's worth the effort. Uh, yeah. Same with uh, Arquette, Rosanna Arquette. Oh, she yeah. also... Um, she was carrying quite the burdens. Um, no, it's the other Arquette. It wasn't Rosanna. It was her sister. Uh, Patricia. 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 Excuse yeah. me. I yeah. watched the end of the Seattle-Philadelphia game, and then I said to myself, well, Ricky Gervais is going to do this. i got to see it. Sure. So I uh, hung in there for about an hour. But I don't like these people. I just don't really <laughs> give a darn about them. <laughs> what would be fun is you guys know I'm doing traffic for my talk now, and uh, everybody on the air up there was told by management, you have to watch this show, oh, sure. and then you have to talk about it tomorrow. Um, except me, of course. Uh, but it would be a lot of fun to have Such up there to give me his two cents. <laughs> yeah. think, Joe? Joe, just watch 20 minutes. Just give us 20 <laughs> minutes of your time and watch the show. Do you recall, John, last week you read an article that said that 87,000 tons of bags, plastic bags, were used mm-hmm. in Minnesota? Uh, vaguely, yes. Uh, yeah. Frequent contributor John Fram, or Alan Fram notes, I know you don't want to do the math, but not counting for tourism and transient individuals through the state, that means that each man, woman, and child used 30 pounds of bags. That's not plausible. It's uh, not. We don't know. That. It's not we, plausible. We all immediately said that. that it's too much. That it's not be. plausible. Yeah. I collect plastic bags because of my <laughs> right? affinity for whales. You don't think you they haven't equaled uh, two pounds yet? Yep. I was talking to a um, a Minneapolis business owner last week about the plastic bag deal. Frat. Because <laughs> I was in a hardware store and I was wondering about Frat. I, I did not mention his name. Just yesterday. Uh, you get six months, I believe, to implement this yeah. particular rule. He is waiting. Until midnight, yeah, at the last possible moment. And there's a way around it. I think he should. I I think Frat should just take the nickel from him and hand it right back to him. Can you do that? Uh, Why not? It's your it's your money. It's your money. It doesn't. They're the retailers aren't forwarding it anywhere. But I was in a joint uh, earlier this week. Had to pay five cents extra for a stupid bag. Mm. When so now I'm going to be one of those hippies, Such. Yeah. I'm going to be carrying around. a cloth bag. A cloth bag. Toss her in the old backpack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's study the Australian wildfires when we return. <laughs> Are we okay? No, that wasn't all. 
It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Sushere. Hey, who said he couldn't figure out the new system? Good job, Joe. Look at this guy. Music man. Authorities, now, the Australian fires are horrific. Uh, They are significant. They are uh, harming people. Wildlife. They're killing, it's killing animals. And, of course, it's being uh, seized upon as a dramatic example of climate change. Authorities in Australia have arrested close to 200 people for deliberately starting the brush fires that have devastated the country. Yet the media and celebrities continue to blame climate change for the disaster. The fires have caused at least 18 deaths, destroyed thousands of homes, millions of acres of land, and killed hundreds of millions of animals. A total of 183 people have been arrested by police in Queensland, uh, NSW, Victoria, South Australia, and Tasmania for lighting bushfires over the past few months, figures obtained by the news agency AAP Show. In New South Wales, 24 people were arrested for arson, risking prison sentences of up to 25 years. In Queensland, police concluded that 103 of the fires have been deliberately lit, with 98 people, 67 of them juveniles, having been identified as the culprits. The link between arsonists and the deadly fires that devastate Australia every summer is well-known and well-documented, with the rate of deliberately lit fires escalating rapidly during the school holiday period, reports Breitbart Simon Kent. Around 85% of brush fires are caused by humans, either deliberately or accidentally starting them, according to Dr. Paul Reed, co-director of the National Center for Research in Brush Fire and Arson. About 85% are related to human activity, 13% confirmed arson, and 37% suspected arson, he said. The remainder are usually due to reckless fire lighting or even just children playing with fire. Police are now working on the premise arson is to blame for much of the devastation caused this brush fire season, reports Seven News in Sydney. New environmental policies that restricted prescribed burning where landowners burn off flammable ground cover in cooler months in a controlled manner so it doesn't contribute to brush fires have also exacerbated the problem. The fact that brush fires were deliberately started and have nothing to do with man-made climate change hasn't prevented that from being the dominant narrative. Last week, Bernie Sanders blamed those who were delaying action on climate change for the blood-red sky and unbreathable air in Australia because of the raging fires. Virtue-signaling celebrities have also pounced on the issue to push their dogma, including at the Golden Globes when Australian-born Kate Blanchett asserted, when one country faces a climate disaster, we all face a climate disaster. Uh, Bill Miller sent me that, but I was also reading about it in, uh, where's the piece? I was reading about it from um, the New South Wales Police Force says it has taken legal action against more than 180 people for 205 brush fire-related offenses since November 8th of 2019. Is this being wide, widely reported? No, it's not. It's not. Where's the counterpoint? Where is somebody standing up and saying, hey, wait a minute. Those who light a fire when there's a total fire ban in place face up to a year in prison and five grand in penalties. Residents are encouraged to provide video or images from their homes, dash cams, or other devices that show fires in the early stages to help police determine how the fire started. The first hints of the financial toil from the disaster are emergency are emerging. It'll be it'll be devastating. But the, the larger point is that the uh, in the in the world we live in. Uh, 
news gathering institutions uh, seize upon every every weather event. I, I'll call this a weather event. It's a fire so devastating it creates its own weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, every weather event is seized upon now by news gathering institutions as examples of a man destroying the climate. We we talked about that during or right after Christmas with the uh, snowstorms we had and mm-hmm. the article in the Star Tribune saying all weather now, all weather is related to global warming. Right. But no, wouldn't, no matter what it, what's happening, it's global warming. Wouldn't a bigger story be those 200 arrested for arson sto- than I would think that would be a huge story. Or for the reasons and, and why they, they did it. And Absolutely, what Matthew, yes. Train of thought is. Sounds like kids screwing around during their Christmas break. They ain't got no snowballs to throw. The, the point being that I also read in the Wall Street Journal that there are tremendous uh, uh, just weather dynamics that come into play to start these fires. It has nothing to do with mom driving her minivan. And remember I told you I did a sense then or sense when. Right. And, you know, Australia had a week of a, uh, weather above 100 degrees back in the 19th century, and it can, it can get hot there. But— you know, I want you euphorians listening to me to understand that I'm terribly sympathetic to the people of Australia. This is dreadful. This is absolutely dreadful. Uh, about a, you know, a, 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 as a, about the size of Delaware or Rhode Island has burned. But think of again, not to doubt, not to diminish this. It's horrible because people live in harm's way. It's horrible. But. That's not very large. When you overlay the Australia on a map of the United States, it's, it's virtually the same size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the five most outrageous 2020 doomsday predictions that didn't pan out. Okay. That didn't pan out. Yeah, that didn't work out well. <laughs> One, the U.S. may warm six degrees Fahrenheit from 1990 to 2020. In 1980, the Washington Post reported in a front-page story, carbon dioxide is the gas most responsible for predictions that Earth will warm on average by about 3 degrees Fahrenheit by the year 2020. The outlet further warned the United States, because it occupies a large continent and higher latitudes, could warm by as much as 6 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, 30 years later, 2020 has finally arrived. The Earth has warmed approximately 1 degree Fahrenheit, according to NASA. The United States has warmed roughly 1 degree Excuse me. Uh, Elliot Negan, a spokesman for the Union of Concerned Scientists, declined to comment. <laughs> well, sure, because mm-hmm. you, you know your peer reviewed your peer reviewed papers didn't come true. Uh, the latest UN report shows the current temperatures are just within the UN's old predictions made in 1990, uh, but acknowledged <laughs> that actual temperatures came in at the lower end of expectations. Number two, oil will effectively run out by 2020. Well, we know that's not true. CNN ran a headline, CNN ran a headline in 2003 called World Oil and Gas Running Out. The New York Times reported in 1989 that untapped pools of domestic oil are finite and dwindling, and that William Stevens, the president of Exxon USA, said by the year 2020 there would not be enough domestic oil left to keep me interested. But... Doomsayers underestimated American ingenuity, and the opposite happened. Both U.S. oil output and U.S. proven oil reserves are dramatically higher now than they were in 1989, thanks to technology allowing deeper oil to be discovered and extracted. Same with natural gas. Uh, this, is, uh, this is fantastic. Now, number three, 
By 2020, no glaciers will be left on Mount Kilimanjaro. Uh, we now estimate by the year 2020, there will be no glaciers on Mount Kilimanjaro. Christian Lambrex, an officer at the UN Environment Program, told CNN in 03. The AP also reported in 2007 that in 2001, uh, glaciologist Lionel Thompson predicted the snows of Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania. Is it Tanzania or Tanzania? Tanzania. In Tanzania would disappear <laughs> within the next 20 years. But today, Kilimanjaro's glaciers are still there, according to a 2019 paper uh, in the journal Ecology and go. Evolution. Here you go. I just brought it up on uh, there they are, satellite. Huh? Yep. Right there they are. Mm -hmm. Number four, a billion people will starve due to missing the tech revolution. In 2000, Discover Magazine published a largely spot-on list of predictions about 2020, but it missed a big one when predicting a grisly reality of tech-caused inequality. Uh, for virtual reality pioneer Jaron Lehner, the most heartbreaking scenario is festering in the third world where he believes the current generation will be lost in the next techno-revolution you're going to have to somehow live while you watch a billion people starve. But from 2000 to 2020, global extreme poverty fell by a billion people, according to the World Bank, as technology connected the world and allowed people in developing nations to access capital, production know-how, and aid from developing countries. From developed countries. Where'd you get this piece? Who wrote this? This is a Fox News piece. But they're quoting sources that cannot be denied. And, and my question is, did they call any of these people? Did they shove a camera in any of these people's faces? Because yeah. these are really interesting points, and we need more and more of this. And well, yeah. It'd be nice if it was somebody other than Fox News well, doing it, well, because yeah. Fox News is seen, seen as the you crazy. You want some coins in the scan bucket? I just read Elliot Nagin, a spokesman for the Union of Concerned Scientists, declined to comment. I heard that. Their stuff's coming out wrong. Their stuff's wrong. Well, I know that. Why are you yelling at me? I feel like it. But number five. Welcome back. I, I just wish this was more of a story and it was done by somebody other than Fox. I'd like to see I, CNN say, hey, back in uh, 98, we really messed up. Here's what we said. Good luck. Here's where we're at today. I couldn't agree with you more, but we just had another example. Why aren't these arsonists being called to the forefront of the newspapers on the Australian yeah, wildfires. Right. Yeah. Same thing. You're, you're right. Number yeah. five. By 2020, millions will die from climate change. Hmm. Reuters Newswire ran this headline in 1997. Millions will die unless climate policies change. The report said 8 million people would die by 2020, uh, citing a prediction by the Lancet Medical Journal. The mass uh, death prediction was clearly way off. None of these predictions came true and aren't even close to coming true, said Roy Spencer, a climatologist at the University of Alabama in Huntsville. It's amazing that the public can continue to believe apoc apocalyptic predictions despite a 95% decline in weather-related deaths in the last 100 years. Mm. Isn't that something? Wow. <laughs> Some modern studies claim to find mass deaths. The Daily Beast covered a shock report that climate change kills 400,000 a year, but human progress's Marion Tupi said such estimates are grossly inflated. They say climate change causes everything. Some people try to pin the war on Syria on climate change and then say when all these people die, that's because of climate change. They have a secondary agenda, Tupa said. 
the five predictions highlighted here join a host of similar failed predictions for 2020 and 2015. It's, it's just, uh, now, there's something we've talked about on this show before, and I want to clear it up. Let's hear it. We, we're all guilty, myself included. Okay. But this has come up on the show before where I think we did acknowledge the validity of what I'm about to say. I cut this out. When did I take this with me? When was this in the paper? Wednesday, January 1st. Okay. And I kept this. Knowing that someday, God willing, and the creek didn't rise, <laughs> and Delta was on time, I would be back doing this podcast. Got it. Remember we were talking about... What didn't come true 20 years ago? Sure. Mm-hmm. Y2K. But it, it didn't happen because really talented people worked hard to correct what was wrong with computer dynamics. And it's to, for us to lump that in with, a, with these hysterical claims about the climate right. is not fair to those people who worked 20 hours a day for six months to straighten out the software and whatever problems they had to face. There was a great piece in the Star Tribune, Wednesday, January 1st, 20 years ago today, Y2K came harmlessly. Not because it was a hoax, it wasn't, but because we listened to experts' warnings and fixed the problems before they occurred. It's a piece by Zachary Loeb, who is uh, a Ph.D. candidate at the University of Pennsylvania. He works on the history of technology, disasters, and doomsaying. Uh, he is writing a dissertation on Y2K and wrote this article for the Washington Post. It's a long article. I won't read the whole thing. But Y2K was a technological problem. And unlike nature, unlike climate, they had empirical Here we go. things to work with. They had, there's stuff. a computer, yep. and they had a keyboard, <laughs> and they had, they had stuff, stuff. Yeah. and they got a toolbox, <laughs> and they took these hard drives apart, and they realized, well, these computers are outdated. We've, we've piled onto them such a load, they, they can't handle them anymore. We've got to revise this, and they went to work and did it. And saved us from what would have been truly a, Armageddon. an Armageddon. Or technical Armageddon. Anyway. But we had elevators plunging to earth and airplanes falling out of the sky and your stove was going to stop working and all this. Well, Gas or electric? Yeah, I got a 50-50 chance. <laughs> Y2K was a technological problem, but it revealed that as societies became heavily reliant on complex computerized systems, technological problems became a matter of concern for everyone. Faced with a potentially catastrophic problem, experts, businesses, and the government mobilized the resources necessary to mitigate the risks before they could trigger a disaster. Most estimates suggest that $100 billion was spent in the U.S., $8.5 billion of that by the federal government, to squash the millennium bug. And though it is impossible to say that every cent was well spent, that amount still dwarfs the estimated cost of doing nothing. Now, compare that to, to climate change which people think they can change. If only the government and businesses and, 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 and uh, other uh, people would get involved. No, what, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do to fix it? You had something here to fix, something you could put your hand on and touch and measure and see. Mm-hmm. You can't, so it was unfair of us if we ever did it, and I'm sure we did. It was unfair of us to lump Y2K in with uh, 
climate hysteria. I actually have a little bit of sound from one of those people that helped us uh, avoid that. Hmm. At Chevrolet, we have um, we have also been proud of the latest and greatest uh, technology in our truck lineup, which is the all new 2015 uh, Chevy Colorado. Yeah. Um, it combines class winning and leading, um, you know, technology and stuff with Wi-Fi powered by OnStar. So he was there, so, uh, right at the foot of the problem. The now I don't have to keep that Wednesday, January 1st paper. <laughs> that one's out of the loop. Huh? You know what I forgot about that great moment at the World Series? The little notes he had in his pockets that he kept pulling out to read <laughs> as he was trying to give this speech to Madison Bumgarner. Right, and Madison's looking down at his notes as if he could <laughs> yeah. help him in some way. Bud Selig has checked out going, who the bleep is this guy? We brought in Rick from accounting. Yeah. You guys all act like you could have done that. I would have done the same thing. I would have fumbled like an idiot, yeah. and I would have... I would have barfed all over myself. <laughs> I would have made a million dollars. Not me. I would have handled it just fine. Yeah, of me, course. me too, I think. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Got technology and stuff. Right. Wi-Fi stuff. powered by OnStar. Say, GLers, when you stop into Schmelz Countryside in Maplewood, uh, tell them GL sent you, and you can sign up to win a $100 Blue Plate restaurant gift card. Whoa! Mm. Oh, yeah. And all you're going to go in there to do is have fun anyway, because you're going there in there to look at uh, VWs, Alfa Romeos, and Fiats. Hell yeah. Uh, each has its own website, Schmelz, S-C-H-M-E-L-Z, SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlfaRomeo.com, SchmelzFiat.com. I know, of which, I, I know of which I speak, because I've owned all of these cars, uh, two Volkswagens, two Alfa Romeos, and I'm uh, really eyeballing the Fiat 124 Spider. This is one of the last family-owned car dealers in the Twin Cities, yes. if not the last, and it's the first regional VW dealer in the country. I've told you before, I watched the old man get his VW back in 1960. We had a great deal of fun with it. Volkswagen uh, creates great products. Alfa Romeo creates great products. I had the Julia. Now I have the SUV, which is the Stelvio. You're going to be shocked at the window prices. Everybody walks around this country thinking, oh, Alfa Romeo, big shot. Probably right. cost you hundred grand. Yeah, Are you kidding me? No. Check the, uh, check the window prices. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, and the only way Schmelz can compete with the large companies that own multi-dealerships is by providing excellent customer service and maintaining the relationships they've been developing for the last 60 years. Quick question. Can Rook and I go in with like a different costume every day just to get the gift card? Yeah, I'd yeah. like to drive the... Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Bert, man, yeah. John yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I love these vehicles because I like to drive interesting cars. Mm-hmm. I like to drive cars with history, panache. Uh, I've told you before, look up the meaning of the Alfa Romeo logo, the symbol. It's just interesting as hell, and they're very affordable. The Fiat 500s are really nifty. You, I, I, when I'm in one, when I've test-driven one, I always pretend I'm Cary Grant driving through Rome. <laughs> I just have a feeling that I'm Cary Grant driving through Rome. Uh, and they uh, they're, they're have passion designed into them. They're fantastic cars. Schmelz. Countryside is in the uh, southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and 61 in Maplewood. And uh, tell them when you're in there that you're in there because of the GL podcast and you get to register for a free $100 Blue Plate Restaurant gift card. Justice and the Souteray. John Hyde. Thank you, Joe. Before I get to news, let me uh, remind you again where you should eat supper at least one night this week. Man, supper. S- 
That's a supper. good That's a GL supper. term. Supper. What are we having for supper? <laughs> <laughs> Mancetti's Pizza and Pasta up in the uh, Andover area is where you should eat. 3603 Round Lake Boulevard, about a mile north of Highway 10 on Round Lake and Bunker Boulevard. They've been around a long time, over three decades now. Greg and Rochelle Tigan are the owners. Uh, they operate the whole thing. They're big GLers. They make all their sauces in-house. They have their own unique recipes, and they're great sauces for the spaghetti. Are they spaghetti. secret recipes, Jan? I think they're Secret. Right. Close they, to the chest. They yeah. might tell you if you Not ask. Gonna get it? But Not going to get it. The uh, spaghetti sauce and the pizza sauce, uh, they're very different, but they're both very good. Uh, they have three different options for pizza. I've tried them all, thin crust, double crust, deep dish. Uh, try them all. Uh, they're delicious. They have very unique pizza options, although you can order, you know, if you just want a sausage pizza, go ahead. That's fine. They have some great sausage. They also have made-from-scratch lasagna. Their meatballs are made from scratch. The recipe for that is uh, wonderful. Also, uh, all kinds of things you can pick up there, uh, including pastas that are baked, giving them a unique flavor that is fantastic. And don't forget, if you uh, walk in right in front there, you'll see the take-home pizzas. They're frozen, and uh, you can throw them in your oven when you get home. They are delicious. It's Mancetti's Pizza. Pizza and pasta, 3603 Round Lake Boulevard, uh, right where Anok and Andover meet, about a mile north of Highway 10. Uh, please uh, stop in and tell them uh, we sent you from Garage Logic. In news, a Waseca police officer hurt in a shooting Monday night has now been identified. The Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension confirmed 32 year old Eric Matson was involved in a shooting incident just after 8 p.m. The BCA reported four officers responded to the scene after getting a report of a suspicious person in the area. When they got there, they encountered a man who fired a shot that hit Madsen, according to the BCA. Officers then returned fire. A source at the scene says Officer Madsen was shot in the head. The BCA has confirmed that. Is he going to make it, I wonder? uh, He right now is in critical condition at North Memorial uh, Health Hospital in Robbinsdale. brought him all the way up here. Would Rochester have been quicker? That's what I was wondering, why they didn't take him. Maybe maybe Rochester would not be quicker than Waseca. Maybe not. According to the department, Matson joined the Waseca Police Department as a part-time officer in 2013. He became a full-time officer in 2015. Meanwhile, a suspect in the shooting taken by ambulance also to North Memorial. The suspect identified by the BCA as 37-year-old Tyler Robert Janowski. He was shot twice during the incident, was being treated for injuries that are not life-threatening. That gunfire comes three weeks after police raided Janowski's home. They came away with several grams of methamphetamine, 900 pills of pseudoephedrine, marijuana, 30 grams of uh, psilocybin psychedelic mushrooms, a handgun, various drug paraphernalia, and instructions for making meth. A younger brother's warning about the arrival of police allowed Janowski to escape at that time out a basement door. He was charged on December 27th in absentia with numerous felony counts involving the production and sale of meth. His criminal history in Minnesota also includes pleading guilty to being an accessory to murder, the 2001 strangulation of a 21-year-old man. Then why was he out? In nearby oh. Truman, who was robbed of 200 yeah. bucks and a small amount of marijuana. Janowski admitted driving Morgan Schultz to the victim's home and waiting outside while Schultz killed Ricky Buecher. He had been given a three-and-a-quarter-year sentence in that uh, uh, crime. Three years. GoFundMe account has been created for Officer Matson and his family. How was the brother able to tip him off, Johnny? Did you mention that part? They were both in the house at the time, apparently. That's the way I understood the story when I originally read it. City of St. Louis Park has voted to ban the sale of all e-cigarettes and vaping products. City council members passed the measure on a voice vote 
Monday night during their regular meeting. The ordinance, which goes into effect February 1st, is in response to the public health issues around the use of e-cigarettes, according to city documents. The Centers for Disease Control reporting 2,290 cases of lung injury associated with vaping products that resulted in 47 deaths. Council members cited the unregulated industry and the high rate of youth users in Minnesota as the main reasons for passing the ordinance. Supporters of the move say the policy is aimed at protecting the city's youth, but opponents of the plan believe it will negatively impact residents. Cap O'Rourke, the executive director of the Midwest Vapor Coalition, said your actions tonight and tomorrow will leave one product on the market. Council member Nadia Mohammed, who voted in favor of the ordinance, said the action needed to be followed with a requirement to take the message even further. Iran said it's evaluating 13 possible ways. What's with the weird numbers in this story between uh, the president and Iran? I know the president's number. Yeah. That was the, the number, number of hostages, hostages held in uh, the Carter administration. 13 possible ways to inflict what they are calling a historic nightmare on the U.S. for uh, killing General Qasim Soleimani's. His exploits in conflicts from Syria to Yemen made him a national hero. Hundreds of thousands turned out this week for his funeral. Uh, Joe, we have an update now on the number of dead because of that stampede at the funeral. Mm-hmm. 56. That's wow. incredible. Now wow. dead. 213 injured. Uh, They then postponed the burial indefinitely. Some of those hurt uh, as two large crowds merged at an intersection were in a critical condition. The tragedy unfolded after Iran served notice that it was assessing 13 scenarios for reprisal. Ali Shamkadi, the head of Iran's National Security Council, said even if the weakest of these scenarios gains a consensus, its implementation can be a historic nightmare for Americans. Meanwhile, the Pentagon dispatched additional forces to the Middle East, even as conflicting signs emerged about Washington's commitment to remaining in Iraq. The three-ship Bataan Amphibious Readiness Group ordered to move to the Persian Gulf region from the Mediterranean, where it's been exercising. The group, which includes about 2,200 Marines and a helicopter unit, follows the deployment of about 3,500 other soldiers. The show of force followed some confusion about a letter telling U.S. military officials in Baghdad that American personnel were repositioning in preparation to leave Iraq. Army General Mike Miley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, told reporters Monday a letter to that effect was actually a draft and never should have been sent. Defense Secretary Mark Esper at a briefing alongside Miley said there was no decision to leave, nor did we issue any plans to leave or that we were prepared you watch news outlets will find a way to blame trump for the 40 or 56 people being trampled to death Mm -hmm. so did you see on the the day that this story broke that uh world war three was trending it was the big topic Mm -hmm. among our youth any thoughts on that no but i have thoughts on martha raddatz of abc in iran Mm -hmm. covering this funeral Mm -hmm. and she's wearing the headscarf oh it doesn't she have to just for her own safety? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I'll hand her this. She's got brass ones for being there. But yeah. uh, but she's, she was treating like that, like it was the funeral of a head of state or something. This guy was an evil, murdering bastard. I'm guessing she's being scrutinized by the locals uh, rather uh, closely. And she interviewed one Iranian young guy. You know, we want revenge. We want revenge. She said, well, what do you want? She, he said, I don't know anything. And then, no. then 60 people go and stampede the coffin and die. I, I don't follow it. I'm sorry. What, I don't get it. What? Can you think of anybody who could die in this country that would cause a stampede? Trump. 
I can't. The president, maybe. I can't think of anybody outside the of anybody dying outside of the Middle East who would cause a stampede. JFK's, JFK's funeral was pretty big, but it was solemn. It was. Very it was sobering. Solemn. It was yeah. respectful. It was quiet. It was reverent. Okay, what percentage of people do you think are there of that mass crowd out of fear? Or because that's a good, that's a good point. The, that's a good point. The they probably felt they had to be there. And the other thing we'll never find out is how many Iranians are happy as hell. This guy's gone. Yeah, no right. Well, I saw a local I, guy on Channel 5 that's been here for 40 years that, that left. Too. And he said... He's happy. He's happy. Yeah. These, and, and, and we need more of this so these people can be free. But the John Heights yeah. of the world who are impossible to satisfy, yeah, here we he go. just wants to know what the plan is. <laughs> Yours is too. not to reason why. Yours is to do or die, soldier. I, uh, the Let's part die. The part I enjoyed about this story, I didn't enjoy. That's a bad choice of words because people died, but they met at an intersection. The two groups of people, and, and that's, just uh, like the band in Animal House going down the wrong alley. Exactly. <laughs> you, read, you read my mind there. You read my mind. That's exactly what I was thinking. Did all the Americans get out of there safely? Well, Martha Raddatz is there. Because there was a the day after there was a plea for all Americans to get out now. Well, that was a plea to get out of Baghdad. Baghdad, yeah. I'm not sure there's oh. a hell of a lot of Americans in Tehran. Oh, you're or right. Om or Oog I've or Cud or whatever the hell these. I've got a dollar and quarters for the bucket here. Yeah. I'll, I'll throw them <laughs> for in. yourself. I'll huh? Throw them in. A high flying St. Paul winter carnival tradition is looking for help. The St. Paul bouncing team. Remember them, Joe? Didn't they bounce you and Patrick? Oh, yeah. Patrick was fair. very thrilled because he got air. I got some air. I got, I some, got air. some air here. He got about six inches of air when they threw him up in the... You got a little bit of trouble with the DA after that. Yeah. For, that for was doing a fun that picture. Yeah. Boy, that was fun. Didn't you guys do that at the fair, though? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair. Yeah. So I got way up in the air. Oh, you were way up there. Pat got about four inches and said, I got air. They had to bring in a couple extra guys. Yeah, right. They all laid down and... They were panting. Slept for about 15 minutes when they were done. <laughs> the St. Paul bouncing team has been entertaining crowds for more than 130 years. The only requirement for those looking to join is that they are 21 years old. Bouncer Danielle Chida says it's like a blast. It's a great community and going to the parades and being part of the parades like and being a blast. part of the community. The team needs bouncers and pullers. Pullers? They're the people that have the firm grip on the blanket. They send the bouncers flying. Tryouts? If you want to go Friday, January 31st. Do you know what the historical origin is of this? No. Um, the Of the St. Paul Winter Carnival? No. Of the bouncing game. Of the bouncing I, I do because it's in the story. I just didn't read the oh, line. Well, then you keep quiet. Let's I'm see sure if these, I've heard. See if these <laughs> numbsducks, numbskulls. I have no clue whatsoever. Well, John, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it stems from uh, the Eskimos. That's right. Who would... Uh, Toss people up in the air to get a longer range view to see if there was any whales or seals to go That's find. That's exactly correct. A yeah. hunting tradition. Wow. Eskimo hunting tradition. Very good. I, I had not heard that explanation. Well, I, I thought, thought it was. Gary, you see one up there? That's what, what they got? did. <laughs> I thought it was the Three Stooges as firemen catching people jumping <laughs> yeah. out of a building. Yeah, I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. An Elk River couple has captured the $1 million Powerball prize on Monday. Uh, Minnesota's kind of on a hot streak here. Honey, pack your bags. <laughs> We won the lottery. We won the lottery. Where Where's you learn more here by accident? Is, this, is it gone from this thing? Nah, it's over there. You can find it. You can find it. You can get it. Learn by accident. You learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Okay. That's for the Eskimo thing. 
Yeah. Well, some of these are written in white, and you can't read them. Right. We said we have some things to work on. Right. Stanley and Marsha Juniman arrived at the lottery headquarters in Roseville with their single-line quick-pick ticket and ham that matched the first five winning numbers drawn on December 21st to win the Powerball's $1 million second-tier prize. They bought it at Marketplace Express in Big Lake, and uh, they earned uh, the store a bonus of five grand. There you go. See, I, you know, I've had, uh, I've, had my, uh, I've had my differences with the CP. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've, we've had mm-hmm. some issues. Right, right, every once in a while. Uh, but I want to give her some credit for something. Let's go. She is. She can find the best cards of anyone I've ever seen. Like birthday cards oh, or sure. whatever. Okay. Something meaningful. I don't know how she does it. So I got one from her. And it's a picture of this woman on the cover mm-hmm. of the card who is just ragged and toothless oh, okay. and heavily wrinkled and extremely old. And the front of the card says, remember me? Then you open the card and it says... I was two years behind you in high school. <laughs> it was just perfect. That's pretty good. I don't good. know where she finds it. What was the occasion? Yeah, I, I was Somebody just Somebody had gonna, a birthday. You missed, we missed your birthday, though. Not really. You it's today. Oh, birthday. It's today. today. It's well, today. happy Whoa. birthday, yeah. Joe. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Oh, gosh. Happy birthday, dear Joe. Oh, the king. Thank you, boys. Thank you very much. Happy, happy birthday to every girl and boy. I, don't know I hope this very special, special day brings you lots of joy. And that birthday present you get from mom and dad will make this very special day the best you've ever had. Happy birthday. And I got a nice card for Miss Minnetonka, who never forgets my who birthday. Is, you know, okay. Who was the creeper who wrote that song? That was on one of the kids' that shows. Was, uh, Casey Jones. Casey Jones. Yeah. Uh-huh. We uh, The first band I was here after I moved uh, to the cities, the bass player knew it, so every time we had a birthday in the crowd, that's what we do. And you know how it always ended, don't you? Oh, Bam. yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, I had a birthday, and Miss Min- I didn't get the card for Miss Minnetonka. Miss Minnetonka. I'm thinking the mailroom... Does not think I exist anymore. Oh, no. She, she got it. Still you employed. Get it. Yeah. But Miss Minnetonka doesn't know how to listen to us on podcast. So you can't thank her. Oh, so she's so not going to hear me th- yeah. say this. That's very sad. Kind of yeah. weird, isn't it? I have uh, one other lottery story that's hard to believe, but it, it is Mississippi. I don't want to pick on Mississippi, but two men there tried to scam the state lottery commission by submitting a losing ticket that had the winning numbers glued onto it. <laughs> I think we can. I think we can. Nobody's going to look close. No. Forty-seven-year-old Otis Latham and forty-eight. Yep. And forty-eight-year-old Russell Sparks. Well, Otis and Russell. They're scanned, right? Where do you see them? There's a scan. There's a scan bar on them. Time out. Where do you see? This is Mississippi. Yes, sir. Where do you see these guys thinking, drumming up the uh, the incident? Oh yeah. Where are they? Uh, a roadside no, shack. They're in Otis's basement. Otis's yeah. basement. And okay. Wherever they are, there's a dirt floor there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm seeing coveralls. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. Otis. Otis. Cover uh, overalls with no t-shirts. <laughs> Otis. I got an idea. What you got? <laughs> Let's just paste the numbers <laughs> on here. And bring it down to the office. Well, that's what we're gonna do. And we'll be in business uh-huh. to the filling station. <laughs> yeah. They were arrested <laughs> arrested Monday and charged with offenses including uttering counterfeit instrument. I don't know what that means. Over a thousand dollars. The state lottery commission called Flowwood Police about the fake ticket earlier that morning. What state is this? This is in Mississippi. Okay. 
Sergeant Adam Nelson said officers were told the suspects presented an altered $100,000 ticket that appeared to have winning numbers glued to it. They would. Carl. They would, Why didn't I think of that? Were so cut, many the years numbers ago. were cut poorly. <laughs> right, right. Looks, like a, looks like a ransom note. Yeah. They will appear in court next Is that week. a six or a nine? Damn it, Russell. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet, or Timothee Chalamet is set to take on the role of Bob Dylan in an upcoming biopic currently called Going Electric. The film's still in the early stages. Comes at a time, though, when legacy music biopics are a hot. The Dylan-centric film is set to be directed by James Mangold. You guys would know him because his most recent project was Ford versus Ferrari. Mm. Going Electric is set to follow Dylan through his transition from a folk hero when he walked on stage and plugged in a Fender Stratocaster at the you Newport You know who takes Forest credit for Festival. Dylan going electric? Who? David Crosby. What? Oh, really? Well, well you saw it. You I saw haven't it. watched it yet. You I see Echoes it. of the Canyon? Well, I saw Echoes of the Canyon. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, when he's standing on his back porch yep, there? Yeah. Yep. Uh, says Bob came to see a recording session. You could see it in his eyes. Crosby's get me a, one of those. He's a nut. Well, he comes <laughs> off in this doc. Uh, no, what's the documentary I watched about? Crosby. Him? Yeah, remember a, my name? Yeah, remember David me? Crosby, remember my name. Yeah, well, that was great. And he comes off as less of a bad guy than you think. Really? Yeah. But does, doesn't he own up to being a bad guy? Yes, in that? I haven't seen so. it yet. Yes, he it, does. Yeah. yeah. This kid playing Dylan actually looks a lot like Dylan looked yeah. during that era. Here and He's got that same kind of jawbone thing. During the Dinky Town era. Right, yeah. Uh, that was, of course, the Newport Folk Festival in 65, a very controversial moment in his career. Uh, it alienated a lot of his folk music fans. The New York Times reported at the time that Dylan was roundly booed by folk song purists. There were even rumors the audience tried to cut the sound to the stage. It's unclear at this point if Chalamet will do his own singing, but there are reports the young actor is learning to play guitar. Uh, most surprising, uh, Bob Dylan has already given the film his full blessing. Really? Yeah. That mm. means he's getting a cut. That means you're <laughs> right. He's getting a taste. <laughs> Dylan will serve as the executive director. There you go. Uh, oh, producer. he's really not, getting not a director, cut. producer. I'm well, sorry. then he's getting yeah. a cut. Executive producer. Well, on but producers it. are the people who are the rainmakers. They got to go right. find the money. Exactly. But yeah. let's be honest. We kind of know Bob's deal. How many times is he going to show up on the set? How many phone calls is he actually going to answer? <laughs> and all that other stuff. You know, he, none. Yeah, zero. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. None. If he's our hero the way we think he is, none. <laughs> the parents of a five-year-old girl say a Las Vegas dentist set their daughter's mouth on fire as she underwent a routine dental procedure. Whoops. Jeez, that's kind of tough, isn't it? Yeah, I hate when that happens. Wow. The parents last week filed a lawsuit in <laughs> state, dis- state district court against Deep Karen Dillon for injuries the oh, girl yeah. suffered. Yeah. According to court documents, that's Dr. Right. Dillon used a tool known as a diamond bird to smooth the girl's teeth while she was under anesthetics. But the, laws, in fire, huh? but the lawsuit said yeah. the procedure emitted a spark. It caused a throat pack in the girl's mouth oh, to ignite, whoa. produce a brief fire that only lasted a couple of seconds. However, that oh, was takes. enough. Yeah, it was. What's a throat, throat pack? I think it's well, so where they stuff your mouth with stuff so you can't close your mouth. Oh, oh, oh! Okay. Because she was under anesthesia. I got you. I got you. Uh, she was hospitalized for four days with burns to her palate and her lower lip. Jeez. The complaint alleges the girl suffered burns to her epiglottis, throat, tongue, mouth, lips, and other surrounding areas. Uh, the some of the injuries, according to the suit, say they could be permanent or disabling. The family wants fifteen thousand dollars in damages. That's, That's all it. they want. That's it. They need, they need a better lawyer. Yeah. Dylan, who is named in the suit, this is the doctor, as the owner of Just for Kids, 
That Friday, he was not aware of the lawsuit and would have no That's comment. A and they want 15 grand? 15 grand. You ready for this? IKEA is agreeing to pay $46 million yeah. to the parents of a two-year-old boy who died of injuries suffered when a 70-pound recalled dresser tipped over on him. Oh, God. The family's lawyers disclosed the agreement yesterday. Joseph Dudek died in 2017 of his injuries, and his parents sued the Swedish Home Furnishings Company in a Philadelphia court in 2018. The Dudeks accused IKEA of knowing that its malm dressers posed a tip-over hazard and that they had injured or killed a number of children, but that the company had failed to warn consumers that the dressers shouldn't be used without being anchored to a wall. They won $46 million. I hope the family gets at least a million by the time the lawyers are done. It doesn't matter how much they get. It's not going to bring that kid no, back no, in. No, no. If they do end up getting $40 million, it's just going to serve to remind them that they lost a child. Mm-hmm. You know, That's grief that they're going to live with. Every right time I saw a crocodile over the last four days, or an alligator. Oh, Crocodiles are saltwater, aren't they? I thought about that kid in the Disney World. I thought about that kid in Disney World, and I just don't know how those... Those parents have really remained out of the public eye, haven't they? Well, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. Yeah. I just don't know how they can live. All right. Well, then, let me... Uh, let that was me, fun. Well, let me so, bring things back up for you. You got any more you. lottery stories? I don't, but I got okay. a story about the world's oldest woman. She yeah, wakes... She was two years behind me in high school. <laughs> <laughs> she wakes up at 6 a.m. What a great card. Then <laughs> <laughs> she found a, another one, the picture of a really neat old car and a guy leaning against it and... You open it up and says, this car reminds me a lot of you. It's got a, the body's not bad, but it's got a lot of gas. <laughs> that emits gas. John, this story isn't about our uh, Krabby Coffee Shop hero, is it? Our, no. Our, our patron no, we, saint. No, we lost our her. Our matron remember? saint. Yeah, we lost her a while back. Uh, this is about Kane Tanaka. She says she wakes up at six every morning, and what does she do uh, for fun? She studies math. <laughs> Kenny. Oh, <laughs> Something else. I wish I'd have covered my yeah, eyes before yeah, this. Yeah, me too. It's only me, I guess. She didn't have any. Uh, she didn't have any uh, advice for anyone who wants to uh, be old. She but wait, turned 117. Well, I guess it's eight o'clock. Still yeah. works. <laughs> she turned. She turned 117 on what, January. What country is this? Uh, she's in Japan. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. She, she turned 117 on January 2nd. Uh, she didn't have advice. She just wanted some more birthday cake. Tasty, she said, smiling. I want some more. Yeah. Tanaka was declared the world's old, old, uh, oldest human. Li- <laughs> okay. I, uh, she's an old, old gal. Yeah. 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 On Mar- Yeah. She's. Uh, she. Uh, let's see. She's five years behind the oldest ever living person who, as we've lost already, that's Jean Louise. Well, then she should be nervous. Kalman, who made it to 122. Yeah. She was born in 1903. That's the year the Wright brothers first lifted off in their airplane. She tops the list of 30 super centenarians, people who have been validated to have lived past 110 years old. Back in 2016, she told the San Diego Union-Tribune she owed her advanced age to her faith in God. According to Newsweek, she added family, sleep, and hope to the list in 2018. Sleep, huh? Sleep. I don't get sleep. What is sleep? Sleep. Who knows? That's fantastic, John. Thanks, Joe. You're here to be congratulated. Well, I appreciate that. We'll see you in a bit. Okay. This guy wears many hats. Just not indoors. Right now, GLers, right now, 
Ignore everything else around you. Uh, ignore that liner that I just walked all over. <laughs> uh, stop pr- procrastinating. We're going to get your permit to carry handled right now, today, this instant. I want you to write this down or enter it into your phone. Or if you have a, a steel trap of a mind, you'll remember. Minnesotagunclass.com slash GL. Now, this is the most comprehensive, informative training class that I've ever seen to get your permit to carry and purchase, and this is important, purchase handguns with no delay. Minnesota Gun Class, it's run by Gary Peterson and his son, Matt, they're GLers, who years ago decided to make it their life's mission to get us thoroughly trained in the safe handling and operation of handguns, to teach us when to shoot, when to not to shoot, when to draw, how to draw, how to avoid conflict, and what to do if you're involved in an incident. The class, they cover everything. And they're conducted, and this matters, and I shouldn't have to bring it up, but I do. The classes are conducted by polite, well-schooled firearms experts that care about getting you and your wife, husband, kids, whatever, the best training uh, available. Do you remember the website I gave you? Anybody here? Do you remember what I said? Minnesota. School. Yeah. It's really easy. Minnesota Gun slash GL. Now, I brought up the trainers. This isn't training from some bitter hillbilly redneck retiree wearing camo and fingerless gums like you sitting in his basement, <laughs> spitting his chew into a spitter pop can. Uh. These guys care. They care about us. They care about safety, accuracy, and making the right decision to use or, in fact, maybe not using a firearm. They're geared for uh, the classes, that is. They're geared for everybody uh, from advanced shooters to salty old loudmouths like me, even to uh, e- even to brand new shooters. If you're new to a firearm, this class is perfect for you. Uh, you can get the free video just by logging on to the website, which is... Minnesota gunclass.com slash GL. Yes, yes, yes. And be sure to enter that GL part because there's special stuff just for us. One more time, Minnesota gunclass.com slash GL. Cleaning up some uh, matters from the end of the the recent end of the last year, Tom Wilson writes, I'm about a week behind on my podcast, so I just heard the story about Seattle's darkest day in history. Recall that? When it was just literally not very light out. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, from the Monday 1223 podcast. How can they claim the darkest day in history as measured by equipment that was installed in 1996? (laughs) The best they can say is that it's the darkest day since 1996. We should have caught that, but the staff was uh, playing with their computers. Uh, Stacy weighs in. Uh, Mother is really rumbling in Puerto Rico. God bless them. They still have hurricane problems from two years ago. Scott Matura, our Montana chef. Who sent us all those goodies. Thank you, Scott. Yes. Mayor, we have a new bar here in Bozeman called Shine. I immediately thought of the Flashlight King when I saw the tap handles. Every tap handle is an old flashlight. Oh, nice. oh wow. Isn't that neat? Nifty. That's Isn't really that cool. neat? Wow. He said, hail the Flashlight King. Hail, hail, hail you. you. Birthday guy. Mm-hmm. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail, hail, hail you. you. Joe. Hi. Uh... I came across the city of Minneapolis job advertisement for a transgender equity project coordinator with the city's established division of race and equity, where that person will assist in maximizing the effectiveness of the city's existing 
programmatic infrastructure, Transgender Equity Council, the Transgender Issues Work Group, as well as expanding upon it while collaborating with elected officials, city staff, and community to achieve programmatic goals, all to the tune of between $66,472.79 to $85,531.43 annually. If a person is gay or trans or, or however they present themselves to the world, God bless them. I'm not offended by their existence in the least, and I'm happy to break bread with them any time. But other than to pander to a small vocal constituency, what is the problem the city needs to use taxpayer money to address with this position? Does this repair sewers or clear streets or snow or provide police, fire, ambulance services that benefits all residents and visitors to the city, regardless of age, sex, religion, sexual identity, or race? Obviously not. Signed, Dave, occasional emailer. Uh, Well, Dave, what you got there is an example of ruling from the salon. They're looking for a, a... A specific it's a new job title for a trans, and they're only they they will only hire a transgender person. I, I would imagine that would be well, the that, goal. That goes against EOE, doesn't right. it? You would think so. Yeah, but that's okay. That's the, the rules don't apply for them. And I still don't understand what the job description was. Boy, that was complicated. Well, it's because it means it's meaningless. It's a salon rule. I mean, even if you're applying for that job after you get the job, it's like uh, what. Uh, what am I doing here? What do I do? <laughs> well, what should I do? I check. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what you're going to do. When's payday? <laughs> you're going to assist in maximizing the effectiveness of the city's existing programmatic infrastructure, Transgender Equity Council, the Transgender Issues Work Group, as well as expand upon it while collaborating with oh. electric, elected officials, city staff, and community to achieve programmatic goals. I don't think programmatic is a word, by the way. I think yeah. it's made up. Yeah. Maybe it's like when Roycey uh, hired me to do the morning show, and I said, well, well, what am I doing here? And he just said, make quips. Yeah. <laughs> just just go in every day and make quips. <laughs> David Bliss, our Bulgarian friend, writes, Sasha and I are catching up on podcasts from over the Christmas season. We really enjoyed your discussion of Baba Vanga. Remember, she's the old gal who was uh, oh, yeah, thought yes. to be yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a seer. Uh, Sasha especially got a chuckle out of you referring to her as Baba as though it was her first name. Baba means grandma. So to her Bulgarian ears, it sounded like you kept calling her granny. In addition to her predictions, Baba was known to heal people. In fact, it was the healing more than the predictions that initially made her famous. Since her death, she has increased in notoriety for predictions she was said to have made. Some are actually hers. Others are entirely made up. The prediction about Trump and Putin that you mentioned seems to be a fake one because, like many soothsayers, she was not known to speak clearly and use actual names. Instead, she spoke more vaguely about things like metal birds attacking the brothers in America, which is well documented as a prediction she actually did make. We hope you had a great Christmas and are enjoying the new year. Dave Bliss. We actually got follow-up, too, about her brother, Baba Bowie. Oh, yeah? (laughs) That's a good one. Why is he here? (laughs) And a letter to the editor that was in the Pioneer Press on January 2nd. You're all aware that the salon has decided that each kid born in St. Paul is going to get 50 bucks seed money, supposedly for a college education. Yes. Yeah, Melvin was uh, posing for photos. Yeah, in the it's just going to be in a. It's just going to be in a uh, bank savings account, earning sure. about God, earning nothing. nothing. What did you say, Kenny? It's going to be worth. Fifty-two bucks. Well, by the time it matures, you you will owe the city three hundred thousand yeah, right. dollars. 
I hope I'm not missing something in the article about the new college savings accounts for newborns in St. Paul. As I understand it, one of the basic principles for growing money is compound interest. The new plan has extremely low interest. Why would anyone contribute his or her own money to an account that has almost no growth possibility? The money put in the account as planned will not grow much more than putting the money in a sack and leaving it untouched for 18 years. (laughs) The money given by the city and saved in those new accounts will perhaps be symbolic, but will do very little to help the new babies pursue college or other post-secondary training. If the goal of the program is to help teach financial literacy, that goal fails in these new accounts. (laughs) The article mentions difficulties with the 529 plans, which offer much better returns. Well, they don't want a 529 plan because they want to provide this money to babies born here illegally. Mm-hmm. Uh, or to a mother that's here illegally. I guess the kid would become legal, right? Right, since yeah. they're born in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, which offer much better returns. The article also mentioned states that have solved some of these difficulties. Before St. Paul commits to putting $50 in a sock, let's be sure we are using taxpayer money in the best way to help families learn to save and to prepare to give their kids a start toward higher education. Elizabeth Kiernott in St. Paul. I think it's great. I think you're right. And then another letter uh, that regards math, which I'm really going to not Uh-oh. do very much Let's of go. this year. Let's, what do you got? I have already uh, seen a few notices for the upcoming St. Paul Winter Carnival. Some of them carry an element of misinformation, which deserves to be corrected to avoid confusion and preserve accurate history. Originating in the year 1886, the upcoming 2020 Winter Carnival will mark the 134th anniversary of its beginning. However, this year should not be confused with it being the 134th Carnival, for it is not. This sounds like something Height would have written. In the 134 years since its inception, we will have actually had only organized and celebrated 92 winter carnivals. Wars, moderate weather, confusion, or simple apathy accounting for the missing 42 years. Confusion? Yeah, confusion. (laughs) Is it winter, Fred? (laughs) An excellent accounting of this history is found in the 2003 book Fire and Ice, The History of the St. Paul Winter Carnival by Maura F. Harris. Patrick Hill of St. Paul. Good mm. point. This is only going to be the 90, what? 92nd. <clears throat> no? No. No, see. <laughs> so if no. it's the 92nd, what was the first year that it This will be the 93rd. It started in 1886, nope. but there hasn't been 134 carnivals is his point. Um, we missed a few. Missed a few. War, confusion. Sure. Along those lines, Moderate I received an email earlier today from Volcanus Rex 83rd. Good Would morning. That be Mr. Barrett? Uh, no, this is the current. This oh, yeah? is Volk 83. All right. Uh, good morning. I am writing uh, in regards to a meeting you attended during one of the Vulcan board meetings. I understand that you may be interested in riding with the crew one day during a carnival. So it is my intention to personally invite you to partake in the 2020 Vulcan crew and ride with us for a day as an honorary Vulcan. You should. Please respond it's back. It's fun. It's fun. My father in law stood over my dead body. Well, you're doing it for a day, though. You're not going to do the whole That's thing. That's kind of a loophole, isn't it? Yeah. I'm just testing And you're doing it for the show, so we can discuss it on the show. You know, I always told him, I'll be glad to be a Vulcan, but I'm only doing the carnival, and I'm staying at home every night. And they said, see you later. So (laughs) when you do that ride-along, what time of the day does that? They get going early and visit schools and stuff. So when the wife pushes you out of of the car in the morning, you, you have to already be blackout drunk? Pretty much, I think. <laughs> they dialed it back a little bit on the Vulcan side, though. I think so. You know, it uh, reminds me, you were talking about the St. Paul Carnival and how many there have been. Um, we're it's near, 1.30 already? We're nearing, no. <laughs> uh, Suchi Boy, we're nearing 
show 300. When is that going to happen? Well, today is. Why, why do Here you, we go. Why are you doing yes, this, man? Today's 296. So, 96. Friday, then. Seven, oh, Four more days to Friday. Monday. Monday. Friday's oh, 299. We got it. Yeah. Much respect, Holy Joe. Much respect. Monday. 300 of these babies. On Monday that? the 13th. And that's 130. Is it 1.30 already? <laughs> no, I'm serious. No, no, stop we're, that. No, we stop. Haven't, we're not done. He's got to do an ad. It's 1.30. Let's be done. I wanted to tell you that yeah. uh, Pete writes that he's now a loyal <laughs> Grunhofer's customer. There we go. I've always bought my meat from my local Woodbury butcher. This year, we thought our Christmas prime. We bought our Christmas prime rib from Grunhofer's. Wow, it was a hit with the whole family. From now on, I am making the trip for all of my steaks, ground beef, brats, and all other cuts of meat. Thank you for advertising such a great company, and thank you to Grunhofer's for advertising with GL. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats on the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. It has become the garage logician's go-to palace for meat. Choice bone-in, boneless prime rib roast, double-smoked hams, bacon, choice tenderloin, smoked salmon, lamb chops and roast, pickled herring. The meat Palace. It's a meat that's, palace. It's a beautiful it's place. It's the meat palace. Rookie meat burgers, palace. ribeye burgers, 130 <laughs> different flavors of brats. You know, you meat palace is good for a meat market, a bad name for a hotel. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it really I've is. got a buddy up in Fargo, Naomi, says she's coming down here just for the meat. She's just going to the meat palace. Wow, i got nice. a hanker for the meatloaf again. Oh, that is some good Well, you can meatloaf. get it at Grunhofer's. I know. It's oven ready. Mm-hmm. Right on Highway 61, just as you're leaving Hugo, right? on the uh, east side of Highway 61. You can't miss it. Uh, great people. Great help. They'll tell you how to cook stuff. If you want to know, they'll give you great tips. And it is uh, the best meat that GLers have ever come across. Amen to that. Uh, God bless Spencer and the crew. Uh-huh. And Kenny, uh, Coffee Grounds will rejoin us yes. in April. Yes, they're coming and, back uh, in April. We could tell you know where them. They, you know where they are right now. They're off Probably looking for coffee. Yeah, they're off acquiring beans. Oh, cool. Traveling the world, getting the best beans. Well, they probably know this then. Half of Americans cannot start their day or have a positive morning without coffee. Yeah. Half. I sit next to one every day. Yeah. That would be me. I have to have Oh, really? I, oh, I, God, I'm yes. Addicted to if it. I didn't have coffee, I'd yeah. have a headache. Yeah. Half of Americans can't start their day without it. It's the first thing I do. Literally, the very no, even after, even before that, ravers. Wow, yeah, that's dedication to coffee. I'll tell you right now. Four and five respondents said their morning cup of Joe is essential for them to stay positive and be productive throughout the day. Well, productive, yes, positive. Eh. Yeah, (laughs) kind of a mixed bag. Debatable. (laughs) Well, the study was conducted by the original donut shop. Ah, well, I believe it though. Sure, I do too. I believe it. I believe it. I know people who don't drink coffee, and it surprises me. They're I psychos. don't drink very much. I don't trust them. I don't either. Well, it's like the guy I was with where I had to move the placemat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even Height drinks decaf. Yeah. Well, you but I, I have one real one before the decaf. Well, see, that's even better. Yeah. I have to. So you have to always make two pots? Cr- even when I compliment you, you have to correct me. So you have to make I, I two pots? I didn't know you were complimenting me. I don't make pots. I use a curry. Well, let's just oh. do it. Hit the music. Seriously. <laughs> are, are we done yet? Oh, my God. Are we done yet? I are think so. Yet? Thank you. Happy 2020, GLers. Will we make it to 300? We, we will. Not. We let's will. Turn the microphones off and argue for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Kenny, you suck.
Hey, Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores. Isn't that right, Rook? I was just going to talk about that. Yes. And how Go every... get your mums. Yep. And if you're looking for that roof rake before the snow hits, <laughs> go now. I thought we were supposed to get snow today. I just looked outside. It's Bluebird. Well, that's, a, Bluebird. that's not a complaint, right? Huh? Is that a complaint? No. Okay. That's good. And if you want some GL gear, you might have somebody with a birthday that you love to be by, and you might want to get that person some Garage Logic gear. Go to garagelogic.com. You'll find everything right there waiting for you. How's that new computer working out? I can't turn it off. <laughs>